Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Reaction to the Hunter Biden guilty plea. That is the subject of tonight's Talking Points memo. Okay, this is an easy deal for uh, Hunter Biden. Everybody knows that. If I uh, was the uh, actor Wesley Snipes, remember Wesley? I think he was a vampire in some movies, and he was in a basketball movie with Woody Harrelson. So Wesley got three years in a federal penitentiary for uh, not paying his taxes. Pretty much the exact same thing that uh, Hunter Biden did. And uh, that's not equal justice for all. So uh, the president, Hunter's father, uh, is going to be confronted with this situation uh, for the foreseeable future. Go. All right. Very proud of my son. So what do you expect him to say? I mean, you know, uh, he comes at it from uh, the uh, kid was a drug addict. Now he's trying not to be a drug addict. And he denies that he knew anything about his financial irregularities, which is hard for me to believe when uh, the Biden family, it looks like now, derived 20 
million from foreign concerns for doing nothing. And the patriarch of the family doesn't know anything about that? That ring true to you? Anyway, that's not what we're dealing with now, but believe me, that is coming, and the Democratic Party is very worried about that. I had a long discussion with Sean Hannity on his program, radio program today, about that. It's posted on BillOReilly.com if you would like to hear it. Okay, so uh, we have an ongoing investigation of Hunter, according to the U.S. attorney in Delaware, but no one believes that. Uh, I don't believe it. So the FBI is not going to investigate the Bidens aggressively. It's not. And there's nothing I can do or Hannity can do or anybody can do to force the FBI to do its job. Under Merrick Garland, the attorney general, the pipeline is Garland takes his orders from Biden. Christopher Wray, the FBI chief, takes his orders from Garland. And the order is lay off. That's that's simple. Lay off. Though they're not going to do anything. But you do have two congressional committees, judiciary and uh, oversight. Now, I gave some good advice to Comer and Jordan, the two Republicans heading those committees, about how to present what they know to be true. You've got to take partisan politics out of it. You have to. And you have to have charts and, and you have to have graphs and you have to be as simple as humanly possible so that the majority of Americans who don't follow the news, many of them don't care about their country, can understand if there is evidence, and I mean solid evidence, that Joe Biden took money from foreign companies through his family. That's what this is all about. It's not about Hunter Biden. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden. He should have gotten six months in the federal pen. Um, Yeah, he should have gotten that. But he's the president's son. So anyway, um, all of this is going to continue. And there's two reasons why. Partisan politics, you know, big stakes in 24. You all know that. And payback. Payback for Trump. All right, you're going to do that to our guy. We're going to do this to your guy. But we, the people, have a right to know if Vice President Joe Biden took money under the table. And if you don't care about that or you're not investigating that, that's corruption. And the FBI is corrupt. If Republicans win in 24, the whole Justice Department, all the upper echelons, all of them are going to be fired. There'll be a new FBI chief. There'll be a a new attorney general, of course, and down the line, they're going. There isn't any two sides to the story. It's corrupt. And we live in this country, and I know you're frustrated. You go, what can I do? You can't do anything but vote. And maybe, you know, I'll have discussions with your family and friends about this. But you're going to run into people who don't care if Joe Biden took money as vice president. There were people who didn't care that Richard Nixon obstructed justice and lied and did everything. They were 30 percent people didn't care. So that's where we are today. But it's very important for this country's future. If and that's a big word, if if Joe Biden took money, we got to get to the bottom of that.
Okay. So after the Durham testimony, um, there were the usual suspects. <laughs> I'm sorry. After the Hunter Biden verdict, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. I'll get to Durham. After the Hunter Biden verdict plea deal yesterday, the usual suspects showed up. Go. The real crime here is not what Hunter Biden's pleading guilty to. You have someone who is engaged in corruption, in selling influence to the highest echelons of the United States government. And that influence was sold to some of the most devious and dangerous people on planet Earth. And now they're getting him to plead guilty on tax charges. I think, honestly, they probably went out of their way to charge him. But no one, no one should lose sight of what this was all about, the sheer sadism of an attempt to wield a son's addiction against the father for political purposes. That's what has animated this entire enterprise from the beginning. I think that's the dumbest statement I've heard on uh, television news in a year or two. That was so stupid, it was almost beyond belief. It's Hunter Biden's addiction. They're using his addiction to try to get his father. No, he got more than $10 million, you pinhead. I mean, sometimes, and that's NBC News putting that out. Your, your jaw just goes, are you, are you actually saying that on television? And that idiot has been doing that for years. <laughs> Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Uh, joining us now from Charlotte, North Carolina, is Dr. Michael Brown, who has made a lot of uh, comments on this situation. 
He's a nationally syndicated radio guy, hosts a program called Line of Fire. He's written a book, Why So Many Christians Have Left the Faith. So, Doctor, first of all, on my Talking Points memo, you have any quibbles with it? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. This is part of a larger radical left dominionist mentality. I said for almost 20 years now, those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet. And the world of religion, the world of the church is the remaining obstacle for that. What's happened here is I believe that the tide is turning, that because the goalposts keep moving, because it's never enough. It used to remember it was gay pride, then it's LGBT pride, then LGBTQ plus pride. The goalposts keep moving. And a lot of Americans who said, oh, OK, you know, we don't agree with homosexual practice, but, you know, love is love and we want to be tolerant. They didn't sign up for boys sharing bathrooms with their daughters. They didn't sign up, uh, sign up for 13-year-olds having their breasts removed. They didn't sign up for the, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. You know, it, it would be like white supremacists wearing blackface, and they're the brothers in the hood, but they do a lot of good in the community. Like you said about the Nazis, hey, Hamas does a lot of community good. What about white supremacists doing community good, wearing blackface and, and being honored as brothers in the hood? Or some anti-Semites who do community good, and they dress up as Hasidic rabbis. They're called the rabbis of the foreskin, and, and a pro team's going to honor them. There'd be complete outrage. That's right. But I think and, and Hamas think is a very good example of this misguided nun. Hamas makes its living by helping the poor para Palestinians economically, and that's why they're supported. All right, so let's move it down. This could not happen without the active compliance of the American corporate media, correct? Oh, absolutely. There has been, if, first, if we know where much of the media stands, it's been pro-abortion, it's been pro-homosexual rights, etc. So it's been much farther to the left than the general population. But obviously, things are reported a certain way. Bill, I actually saw an NBC headline, I, I, I did a screenshot of it, that talked about dozens of protesters outside of the event. There were clearly thousands. There were dozens in the stadium as things were being presented. But this has, there has to be complicity. But it's not, just, it's not just mainstream media. It's the education system. It's the business world. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, which oversees billions and billions of investment dollars, says we must force behaviors. We will force behaviors. What's happened is, though, people are realizing that there's something to the saying about go woke or go broke. There, there's a shifting in the American attitude because people said, we didn't sign up for this cultural madness. Yeah, I, be we didn't I believe sign you're right. I believe the backlash is coming, but it's much slower backlash um, because the press is so corrupt and rooting for the progressive left. And people go, well, why? Why are they doing it? Well, we're not psychiatrists here. All right. A lot of the people who are running uh, media organizations were radicals in the 60s, and maybe they kept their ideology. I don't know. What I do know is even an organization that used to represent traditional Americans, Fox News, now has a handbook basically that is woke from start to finish that they give to their employees. And if the employees at FNC do not adhere to, this far left playbook that they're not going to be working at Fox News. So it's almost 100% now down the line that progressive change is good. Traditional conservative Americans are bad. That's where we are.
Right. There, there is a larger war on God and on fundamental biblical morals. I wrote an article some time back about why conservative Christians can't look to Fox News when they bring on Caitlyn Jenner. And, and, and you've got Caitlyn Jenner now, who's a spokesperson, saying it's wrong to have boys competing against girls in sports. Well, th that objection is a little weak coming from there. Let me add something else in, though. As a, a leader in the evangelical church, uh, it's the cowardice of the clergy that's complicit no. here as well. It's people refusing to speak up because they'd rather save their interests and preserve their mailing lists and keep their income. So a lot of the problem falls on us. Francis Schaeffer said decades ago that every abortion clinic in America should have a sign open with permission of the local church. So if we had shined the light better, I've said for many years, I'm not so much concerned with the presence of darkness, but the absence of light. We, uh, I'm not looking to the secular media to do what the church should do, but why isn't the church doing it? That's my greatest concern. Well, the church isn't doing it because they're afraid and they're losing numbers so rapidly that it wouldn't matter if they did do it at this point. I disagree with you about Caitlyn Jenner, by the way. Um, she has a right as an American citizen to pursue happiness any way she wants. And from what I've heard from her, she doesn't go for this um, trans men competing with women, the multiple bathroom situation. She's against that and has enough guts to go against her own um, situation, if you would, uh, and speak out against it. So we disagree there. And the second thing is that one of the reasons the progressives have made so many inroads is because sometimes the right, the, the traditional uh, crew in America, are so over the top. You can't be screaming you're going to hell if somebody's gay. You just can't be doing that. And that happens, doctor. Yeah, so what happens is you have a Westboro Baptist church, a handful of people shouting, God hates f And that becomes now the poster. This is what the media is going to report. Yeah, the, the radical it. group. Right. Yeah, right. the radical sign. I, I can absolutely say, according to scripture, if we live a certain way and refuse to repent of sin, and there's a host of sins that, that we will be excluded from heaven. You know, the, the, the Bible does set standards, and Jesus says to follow the narrow way. But absolutely, the media is going to take the one person with the angry sign. It's going to ignore the millions of people that love their neighbor and just say, I don't agree with homosexual practice. No, that, I don't agree with adultery. That's why, they, that's why the Associated Press picked this radical nun to feature in, in this uh, article. Um, that's exactly what they did. She's one of about, you know, six who are that loopy who can say, yeah, sisters of perpetual indulgence, go right into this San Francisco cathedral, take the Eucharist and then go out and defile it. That's okay if you give some money to a uh, gay cause. That's insane. Okay. That nun is insane, but they got her and she's front and center in the Associated Press, which goes, as I said, to every small newspaper around. Last word, doctor, is there hope that the traditional conservative movement can blunt this progressive stuff? Absolutely, because things have gone too far. So you have baseball pitchers like Doug Kershaw, who didn't speak up with gay pride before, but this went too far. And a recent Gallup poll uh, indicates dramatic shifts from 2021 to 2023, even as much as 30% among the American population becoming social conservatives. So it could well be that the success of the gay revolution and the success of the radical left will prove to be its very failure.
All right, doctor, we appreciate it very much. Once again, Line of Fire radio program, Dr. Michael Brown. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Okay, in uh, continuing with the Trump situation, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, uber progressive, has indicted Trump um, on the Stormy Daniels uh, hush money thing, which is completely bogus, as we've reported. Now there are two lawsuits against Bragg himself and his office. They've been filed by the Heritage Foundation. And joining us now uh, from Washington, D.C., is Mike Howell, the Director for Oversight Projects at Heritage. So tell me about, you know, succinctly, so even I can understand it, what the lawsuits are. So back in March, right after the indictment of President Trump, which is, you know, unprecedented in our entire history as a country, we submitted through, you know, New York state law information requests to Alvin Bragg. We want to know who he was coordinating with in the lead up to these indictments, whether it be the White House, Department of Justice, members of Congress on the Democratic side. Very simple question that we were entitled to ask under freedom of information laws. We also asked in a separate action uh, about the legal representation he received from various white shoe law firms in the course of these proceedings. It's very curious to us that these huge behemoth uh, American you know, white shoe law firms are doing a lot of his litigation work when he commands, you know, one of the biggest DA offices in the country. So those are the two uh, information requests we made. We were stonewalled and uh, we decided to sue on it. And so late last week, we filed these lawsuits. And we think that since Alvin Bragg is essentially indicting Trump for or has indicted him for his record keeping, he said, you know, President Trump didn't keep his business records in proper order, that Alvin Bragg looks like somewhat of a hypocrite here because he can't even turn over basic document requests that we're entitled to under law. And so this is going to play out in the courtroom up in New York. Federal court or state court? State court. It's a freedom of information law, which is a distinct body of law in New York, as opposed to the Federal Freedom of Information Act. So we're in state court in New York. Okay. So if I read between the lines, and correct me if I'm wrong, you believe that D.A. Bragg coordinated with outside counsel or businesses that hate Trump. I believe that to be the case. Uh, this has played out over and over again, you know, through all the targetings of, of President Trump, where it's not just one entity alone acting in a vacuum. 
you have interests, whether it's financial or coordinating, uh, whether they're in government or outside government, that are the same players behind a lot of these things. What we do know about Alvin Bragg is that he was a prolific communicator on his personal device. This has been written about in you know a book by someone who used to work in that DA's office, how Bragg just basically lived off his cell phone. And so that's what we want. We want those cell phone records. And it is a basic tenet of freedom of information laws that any government business uh, you know, transacted on any device is in the people's domain and the people have a right to inspect those records. And so what Bragg has basically told us, the Heritage Foundation is, one, he can't keep those records. He doesn't have the systems for it. And two, we don't even think you deserve to get them. It is a basic flaunting of the simplest of laws. Uh, with electronic communications in 2023, these things should have been turned over in a couple days time. The fact that this is drawing out into court in New York is a complete you know, slap in the face to basic transparency. It's also brag wasting New York resources at a time where the city's just under siege from violent crime and decay. Okay, but um, you know that the press is not gonna cover this. They haven't covered it, correct? Absolutely, I think the, the press from the Oversight Project's vantage point is part of the corruption scandal, whether it's what's happening you know, with Biden or Hunter Biden that we just talked about, or a lot of the FBI investigations, we, we know that the regime and the corruption operates through the mainstream media. So we aren't expecting the mainstream media to cover this. Uh, frankly, I think a lot of folks on Capitol Hill or otherwise who are waiting for the breakthrough moment where CNN and others come to their senses, that's not going to happen. No, that's the not moment of, happen. Um, and, and I think that's an There's advantage. one other legal thing that, that hasn't been defined. In order to bring this charge against Trump, there has to be an overriding felony. And Bragg will not tell anybody what that is. Remember, he was asked about it. And he goes, I don't have to tell you what the, uh, why we're prosecuting this um, and what effect it had on the people in New York State. He still has not defined that. Is that part of your lawsuit to try to find out what the overarch crime is? Absolutely. I think that is at the center of this coordination aspect. If you're searching for some sort of hook just to be the first one in history to indict uh, you know, former President Trump, I'd imagine that would come up in the conversations, whether it be with the Department of Justice, the White House, uh, political backers, or even members of Congress. Uh, Representative Goldman up, from, up in New York is a prime suspect in this coordination case, and, and to date, neither his office or Bragg's have denied any sort of coordination between them. This could be over in a day if Alvin Bragg just said, no, we did not coordinate at all, and here's the record search to prove it. Instead, they're drawing out this whole entire process, which leads us to believe that such coordination and search for a type of you know, precedent or cause to go after President Trump exists. Okay, you know the New York courts are probably going to try to stonewall you, right? I, we see that in federal court. I expect the same in liberal jurisdictions like New York. But this gets back to the point we raised about mainstream media. We know what we're up against, whether it's the media or the court systems. It's not about breaking through those. It's about demonstrating to the American people that the systems as they're currently you know, played out do not serve the public benefit. So demonstrating that the New York court system and the DA's office is willing to cover up this type of conduct is the road we go down here then that's a case we will make to you know, the American people and others, that basic laws are not being applied evenly to those who occupy high political office, well, whether it be the White House or the DAs. They're exactly. Being, look, as I said, and first of all, is the Heritage Foundation pro-Trump? Are you guys like supporting Trump? 
we're a 501c3 uh, organization, so we don't get into the politics of it all, no endorsements or anything like that. We're primarily an educational foundation, which means that we go out and sue for public records that are in the educational interest of this country. And I can think of no better case than such a historic and unprecedented indictment that has throttled our entire electoral system by another instance of major interference in an upcoming election. But we do not engage in any sort of politics. We're an okay. educational foundation. Now, uh, you don't use the word, but I certainly do, corruption. I believe that our legal system, justice system in America is corrupt, thoroughly corrupt. And all I have to do is point to the simplest matter. Five years to indict Hunter Biden on uh, two tax beefs and a gun beef? Five years? I mean, it's... I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. Uh, It's absolutely insane. And when you were talking about your monologue, what came to mind for me is that on the very similar charge, actually the exact same charge, lying on a gun form about drug use, the Biden administration uh, just charged uh, Deja Taylor down in Virginia, 18 to 24 months. She was um, a mother whose child obtained access to the gun and she had lied on her gun form about drug use. And so you're looking at two years in prison for an African-American woman in Virginia, whereas the son of the president is pleading down to misdemeanor and pretrial diversion. That, to me, is proof positive of the dual standard. And I absolutely will use the word corrupt. We're seeing this play out with bank accounts and LLCs taking in millions of dollars from foreign adversaries. The corruption is evident. And I think we're living in the most corrupt time in American history right now. I can't disagree with that, although U.S. Grant's administration was pretty damn bad. All right, Mike, please keep us posted on any developments in this lawsuit against Alvin Bragg. And we appreciate your time very much tonight. There's more to this story than we heard today from John Durham. And so I've been casting around for a guy who has credibility and can explain to us more about this. His name is Jeff Clark. He is former assistant U.S. attorney general under Donald Trump. You work for Attorney General Barr directly, did you, Mr. Clark? Yes, uh, I worked first for uh, uh, Jeff Sessions and then under Matt Whitaker and then under Barr. Okay, so you were there for the whole four years. So when you experienced this, you went through this um, and you heard Durham and read his report, but you say there's more to this. What's the headline? The headline is, you know, I think if you're trying to do a hearing, and I I took uh, in your talking points memo the fact that it's true, you know, you have to try to simplify things for the American people, especially people who aren't focused on politics, right? So inherently what that simplification does is it turns into a binary, you know, a left-right paradigm kind of thing. So the Democrats are going to say Durham's got nothing, and, uh, you know, that's why he only has one guilty plea, his two trials failed. Um, you know, this is all an attempt to distract from the indictment against Trump involving Mar-a-Lago and other legal problems of Trump. And the Republicans are going to cast uh, Durham in the light of being the hero who uncovered all of the corruption at the Justice Department and the FBI. And I think that the second part of that story is an oversimplification. I, I think that that uh, Durham failed to interview a whole host of people. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Strzok and McCabe. There's also Igor, Igor uh, Danchenko, Christopher Steele, uh, Priestap, Glenn Simpson, Mark Elias, uh, Rodney Jaffe. None of these people were interviewed, which makes absolutely no sense. 
also from the Durham report, it came out that there was an August 2016 meeting in the Oval Office with Barack Obama, Attorney General Lynch, Brennan, uh, and several others, where it was clear that they were informed that Hillary Clinton was going to use uh, create an op to try to paint Donald Trump falsely as being a tool of uh, Russian intelligence, that he was essentially a Russian agent. Well, why weren't they called in? Why weren't they deposed by uh, Durham? So, you know, to me, Bill, what I think this is, is it has ex opened more of the kimono. It has exposed more of the corruption than the uh, inspector general's report that from Horowitz that first came out. So it's an improvement over that, but it's not exposing the full depth uh, and evils of the operation that was launched to either prevent Donald Trump from becoming president of the United States, or if he were to be elected to consume him constantly with a drag uh, on his presidency that sapped all of its strength and had him currently, you know, always on his back foot fighting against these fake allegations. Okay, if that's true, and it looks like what you said is, because it's a matter of record who was interviewed and who wasn't, then the next question is, was Durham in the tank? Did he purposely not try to uncover more corruption? I think it's a kind of sophisticated containment operation, Bill, with uh, former Attorney General Barr. I mean, it's no uh, coincidence to me that Barr basically indicated uh, where he thought this was going to head, right? And so he painted this as a, as a kind of soft coup against President Trump. And I think the Durham report is entirely consistent with that. But, uh, you know, at, at no point did I think he ever really was aggressive in saying that this would produce uh, the fall of a lot of people from either the career ranks or or some of the uh, uh, upper reaches of, of the department. Yeah, if you uh, have Obama had... and, and those people, and you would think that Joe Biden would be in that pool as well if they knew that Hillary Clinton was trying to use phony documents to impugn Trump. But how close a relationship did Barr have with Durham? When, you, when, you, when we think of independent councils, we think that these councils don't, you know, they're not taking their orders from a certain person. But how close were the two? Well, I think there's been a lot of reporting that comes out, has come out that uh, they were very close. The New York Times used to talk about how they uh, would have whiskey, uh, they traveled to Europe together, et cetera. So I think that they were working very closely on exactly how this would come out. It's also not a coincidence to me that it took forever uh, for this to be done, right? And, and you know, given that long list I gave you of people who weren't interviewed, then you really scratch your head about what was going on yeah, for well, all these years. what were they years. doing if they weren't going after those principles? So then if that was all true, then the suspicion comes against Barr, that Barr didn't want the country to know the extent of this corruption. Do you believe that? Yes, uh, precisely, Bill. I think that's exactly where it points. And then I'll point you to Bill Barr's recent interview with Brett Baer, where the, he started out essentially with a pitch of, well, this was only ever really going to be a report. When he was pressed a little bit, uh, and, and not too uh, firmly by Brett Baer, you know, he said, well, yeah, sure, if he came up with something, he could pursue prosecutions. But the real point of this was just to uh, write a report. 
And, you know, I've seen it characterized, I've characterized it myself as, look, we already had one book report from Michael Horowitz, the IG. Did we need a second book report? I think the American people were looking for more accountability than that. And and they were, you're right. But why would Barr want to give cover to his political enemies? Because I don't really think that they are his political enemies, Bill. I think that we're living essentially under a kind of uniparty apparatus uh, in the United States. And I think that Barr is part of that uniparty uh, apparatus, right? There's a kind of, you know, uh, red team, blue team sort of thing going on of, you know, we're Republicans, we wear R's on our shirts versus D's, uh, you know, going on. But they're largely cooperative on lots of major issues, like a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the massive intelligence state we have now in the wake of 9-11, of all the, uh, the warmongering that's going on, as we see with uh, a lot of the support for Ukraine. And, you know, I think Barr is in that mold. Barr is not a populist uh, Republican who wants to see the deep state, the administrative state, really curtailed. I think he wants to see that continue. And I think he knows that Donald Trump is the existential threat to that system. Do you think that Trump knew that Barr did not have a motivation to get to the heart of the corruption? Actually, I, I, I don't. I think that Barr is very sophisticated, and I think that Barr wrote an audition memo about uh, the Mueller investigation indicating that, uh, you know, the president couldn't possibly be obstructing justice. It was a very sophisticated and well done memo. I think that on the strength of that memo, he was hired as the attorney general to replace Jeff Sessions, whom uh, Trump was very frustrated with, particularly because he recused from this whole issue, right? I mean, the whole ball got rolling against Trump in a very serious way after he did get elected president because Jeff Sessions was convinced to yeah, recuse. I don't he, think he uh, should have he recused. talked to a Russian ambassador. Right? You were working for Barr. Did you know when you were working for him directly as an assistant attorney general that Barr was a swamp creature in the tank, didn't want to uncover the- Massive corruption. Did you know that? Well, I knew that he had been part of that kind of approach to the world in the Bush 41 administration, where he had been attorney general for the first time. And in particular, because of something, maybe I'll bring this to the attention of your viewers, uh, that Barr had been responsible actually for blocking Ken Starr from getting the Supreme Court seat that uh, David Souter eventually got. Um, So he linked up with, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the folks in New Hampshire um, you know, Governor Sununu, uh, now his son's obviously risen in the political world, but Governor Sununu and Barr, they, they blocked Ken Starr, they got uh, Souter in. Souter was a disaster. We would have seen uh, Roe and Casey reverse probably 20 years earlier, uh, you know, if, uh, and Casey would have gone a different way to reverse Roe um, than, than the Dobbs decision from last year if that had not happened. Um, okay. You know, I think Ken, so, so I, I knew that, but what I will say is I thought based on speeches that he was giving and my personal interactions with him that he had turned over a new page, that he realized that America was under threat from, from a lot of the, uh, the, the current radical nature of the Democrat Party and their alliances or their own beliefs in, in Marxism or, or Maoist-like thinking. And uh, you know, so I had hoped that he had changed. But I think what emerged as a result of the Durham uh, investigation, putting a lid on things, and what emerged in terms of how he uh, surprised President Trump and turned 180 degrees around on the problems with the 2020 election after originally going on TV and saying that mail-in ballots are a huge problem for fraud, I think then I, I saw that he really had never changed from his days in the 90s.
Okay, and we're going to invite uh, Mr. Barr on the program. He already turned me down once. Um, but if he does come on, I mean, I'm going to obviously play some of your sound bites for him. But he's a smart guy, Barr. He is. And, and he's not going to admit to any of this. You know that. Um, I know that. Is there, is there a smoking gun against Barr that if you were interrogating him, you would use? Last question. Maybe, maybe Bill, I'll, I'll noodle on that one. I think that the, the fact that he knifed uh, Ken Starr over, uh, you know, a tempest in a teapot. That's a dispute. long, long time ago. It's a long time ago. In, term, yeah. in terms of right now, right, unless you got someone who was in his true inner circle like Durham to kind of uh, admit what the what the game afoot was, I don't think we have a smoking gun. But I yeah, think Durham's there's a lot of it. triangulation that points uh, to this conclusion, Bill. That's very, sure. very interesting, Mr. Clark. We really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for helping us out tonight. Trans madness. So a swimmer, female, Riley Gaines, she swam for the University of Kentucky. She was named uh, Swimming and Diving Scholar Athlete of the Year 2022 in the Southeastern Conference. She testified in front of a Senate committee, the judiciary, all right, about women competing in sports and having men in their locker rooms and bathrooms. The men are trans, they're saying they're women, but they're not barred from competing against biological women. I mean, I don't know if I'm even phrasing this right, but you get it. So Gaines made a pretty powerful case. Go. They actually made us feel guilty for feeling as if we were uncomfortable. Um, time and time again, that's what we saw. There was even a group of girls who undressed in the janitor's closet. They changed clothes in the janitor's closet because they felt more comfortable undressing in that environment than they did undressing next to someone with male gaze. And were they doing that because they were transphobic? They were doing it because they were violated. No, right, so now where is the progressive left women's rights and women, uh, women, 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 when there are female athletes having to dress in a janitor's room? Progressive is fine. Any problem with this? They're promoting it. The hypocrisy is just stunning. So, the Glendale Unified School District, huge. This is right outside Los Angeles, all right? Huge school district. They now have their curriculum, including pride. So, you have to take a course on gay pride if you are in the Glendale School District. Well, that's not going down too well with many parents. So 300 of them showed up to protest against forced, this is indoctrination, is no doubt. I don't mind an elective. You want to have an elective about pride or whatever, okay. But you don't force them to take that. And in the protest, all hell broke loose. Will it take? All right, so it was the 300 parents who objected against the progressive far-left trans movement outside that school. This is going to happen more and more and more all over the country because it's enough. 
you know what side I'm on. I'm on the side of sanity. I don't want trans people or gay people to be persecuted or harmed in any way. But stop ramming this stuff down the throats of kids. Stop it. So that's the first salve. And we saw it in Virginia. Okay, we saw it there. We're going to see it all over the place. Traditional parents, independent parents, do not want indoctrination. Now, in Florida, there's laws passed against it. You'll never get that in California. California is devolving into anarchy. Uh, Everybody should know that. The most beautiful, populous state in the country is devolving into anarchy because of this progressive madness. The trans people are less than 1% of the population. Yes, they should be protected. But stop with this telling seven-year-olds they can change their gender. And it's good, you know, or whatever you're doing. Awful. Awful. Anyway, we're on the thing. We're watching the thing. And just for your information, the Glendale School District um, allows students to use their own gender pronouns. So you can't say he or she in the Glendale School if you're a teacher. And you can go to any restroom you want, any locker room you want. So if Larry comes in one day and says, yeah, I want to be Sally, then Larry can go in a woman's locker room, the girl's locker room. No. No. 90% of Americans, I believe, know that's wrong. Okay, so here's the final thought. There is a study from WalletHub. It's an interesting website. I use it occasionally. And it lists the most patriotic states and the least patriotic states. And here it is. The most patriotic states are Virginia, Montana, Alaska, North Dakota, and Maine. The least patriotic states are Indiana, Florida, Rhode Island, New York, Massachusetts, and Arkansas. Now, this was based upon civic engagement, military enlistments, a a whole bunch of stuff with Wallet It's Phony. I'm sorry, Wallet Hub. It's phony. Those aren't the best patriotic states or the least patriotic states because it's impossible to measure. So here's what an American patriot is. And you might remember I had gear that said American patriot, and I I did all that. If you love your, love is a, you know, okay. If you love your country, and what does that mean? That means you believe that the United States of America is noble and you want the best for it. You want the best for America in every way. So if you believe it's noble and you want the best for it, you are a patriot. Now, how do you demonstrate that? You don't have to sign up for the Marines. That's not your calling. You don't have to sign up for the local school board election. What you have to do is be a good, honest person. That's all. If you are a good, honest person, if you try to help other people, Americans or non-Americans, if you contribute to your neighborhoods, to your town, to your apartment complex in a positive way, all right, if you are doing good things, then you're a patriot. That's what it's about. If we all did that, 
all 335 million of us, this country would be a thousand times stronger than it is now. There wouldn't be any crime or drug addiction or child abuse, right? So patriots are people who positively contribute to their country. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. See you tomorrow.